and welcome to Writer's Showcase, part of Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and we are thrilled to have you today. I am Nola Nash, and I am your host, and I am excited about being here with some dear friends of mine for my first venture here with Writer's Showcase, so I'm pleased to be part of it. And for those of you who don't know me, I am the author of the Paranormal Historical Mystery Series, the Crescent City Series, which includes Crescent City Moon and Crescent City Sin. And also coming up in March of 2022, Traveler will be released. And one of my guests today was kind enough to do an advanced reading of that and blurb that for me. So thank you very much, Connor Garrett down there. We're going to add Marilyn to the stream as well. Uh, So we're meeting today with some award-winning authors from Lucid House Publishing. And we're going to get to know a little bit more about these guys and about Lucid House as we go along, as well as the awards that they won. So we're talking award-winning books and their authors today. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves one at a time so we get to know them a little better, and then we will have us a little chat. Uh, Kevin, you are next to me, my dear, so I'm going to let you start us off. Kevin? Thank you, Nola. Hello, everybody. I'm Kevin Garrett, and I wrote Spellbound Under the Spanish Moss with my dear son, Connor Garrett. And uh, let's see if I can get it up where we can see it. I'll take it across like that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I'm uh, happy to be here today. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Mickey. Hey, my name is Mickey Goodman. Uh, I co uh, I ghosted Vince Bonato's, um book, his memoir, My Pursuit of Beauty. Um, a cosmetic chemist uh, reveals the. Come on, Vince. What's the title of this thing? <laughs> That's <so> crazy. Let's <laughs> <laughs> glam it. That shit crazy. That's it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mickey, I'm so glad that you're here with us today, Connor. Tell us a little bit about yourself, dear. Hey, uh, I'm Connor Garrett. Uh, I am the co-author of Spellbound Under the Spanish Moss. Um, and we are pretty close to being done with the second book and oh, have, uh, have a little bit of progress on the third. Um, so, yeah, we're uh, excited to hopefully soon enough introduce the whole trilogy. So, Oh, that's exciting stuff. Looking forward to that. Marilyn, how are we doing on sound? Here? Is it working? Uh, playing no, it's still not working. All right. Um, Kevin? Connor, one of you guys want to introduce Marilyn to us? Yes. Dad, you're you're, you're better than mom, too. And she's nearby. Is Echo nearby? You know what? Echo is nearby. Hey, Echo. Echo, are you going to come in and talk? We've got Echo Garrett in the background over there, y'all. She is part of Lucid House Publishing as well and amazing. Echo Garrett has gone up to the publishing warehouse to pick up Marilyn Crete's book and she's coming in right now. <laughs> there we <laughs> go. Paradise All Road. right, we've got Marilyn Crete, the author of Paradise Road. I do love that cover. It is so cool. And Marilyn, uh, nod your head. That is a picture of you on that bike, correct? Yes. Marilyn's got a great memoir here, guys. It is it's really a fascinating read. Um, we're going to hopefully Echo or Marilyn one is going to be able to tell us a little bit more about it um, as we chat. But I love that, that cover with the picture. It's really, really awesome. Um, it is. It is great. Very, very beautiful cover. Uh, Vince, 
I know we've sort of met you vicariously through Mickey, so <laughs> finish the introductions there, dear. Badly, badly. I'm, I'm Vince Donato and author of My Pursuit of Beauty, but I have zero skill set. Uh, so I, everything was done through Mickey. I dictated my story to her. So she wrote this beautiful book uh, for me on my behalf. All the words are mine, but Mickey made it legible and beautiful and readable. Um, mine would have been not that way. So, <laughs> so we see Mickey co-authored it together. Awesome. I, I love the co-authoring going on here. And I know we've talked about this before, about the co-authoring um, dynamic and how interesting that is. And so we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go. Gregory Phillips, dear friend of mine too. I'm so glad to have some time with you again, my friend. Tell the folks a little bit about yourself, please. Yeah. So I'm I'm Gregory Phillips and um, I'm the, well, Vince and I are the West Coast representatives here, but I'm up in Seattle. He's in LA. So uh, uh, we're both uh, lit by natural light, as you can see. <laughs> um, Lucky. I wrote A Season in Lights, and I didn't grab a copy, so I'm going to just give you a little tour to that's what, what it looks like. Such a gorgeous cover. You guys do. Oh, look, Kevin's got it. You guys at Lucid have oh, some thanks, really Kevin. amazing covers. You really do. They're fantastic. Yeah. They, Lucid House did a fantastic job, and I'm just really excited with that. Um, how it's going so far, and it seems to be, um, so far at least, very well received. Absolutely. We're going to talk about how well received here in just a minute. All right, so we've gathered you guys here today to talk about your award-winning books that have all come out of Lucid House Publishing, and I love to see new, young, boutique publishers really getting recognition for the work that they are putting out, the author's work that they are putting out. I think that that is a tremendous, tremendous affirmation of, of all of the small publishers that are, are out there in the world that, you know, there used to be kind of a, there, there used to be a stigma against some of the small upstarts. And that was many years ago that if you weren't part of the big five, now the big four, that, you know, you were just getting your work out there. And I love that we have so many great smaller publishers that are getting great work out there and that they're being recognized with some of these great awards. And so having a group of you together in one publishing house that have won so many awards recently is truly impressive. So clearly, um, Kevin, Connor, Garrett, and um, Echo Garrett, you guys are doing something right over there at Lucid. So let's talk a little bit about these books. Yeah, let's talk, about, let's talk about on this one. So I, I know my mom isn't necessarily uh, a main featured person, but I, I think the truth is that she's been really carrying us for a number of months now. Uh, I, I'm at a point where I'm working two full time jobs, and so she's ended up really leading our company and really, really taking control and driving everything. Um, so if it's all right, I'd like for her to come in and explain what she's been doing because she's been deeply passionate about all of these books and has been majorly excited about every single author here. Um, so if she's nearby. She is. And okay. I'm going to do what I ought to do and trade out and give up my chair. But I want to say this just to... Um, echo what you said Noah this is a very exciting time in publishing it's like the music business so there was a time where you couldn't get a record heard unless you were on a major label 
you can make music now and you can get your music out to the world. And if you've got a story to tell, there's a place to get it out to the world. If it's a good story and you've done it right, it's got a chance to get heard and especially with this group. So anyway, thanks for having me here. Adios. I'm going to give up my seat. (laughs) Ever the gracious gentleman, (laughs) Kevin Gunnup. Echo, as Connor gave you that great introduction, so I'm glad that you were nearby and able to join us. I'm going to have you do two things for me. I want you to fill in what Connor started about what you have done with Lucid House Publishing. And then I'm going to let you give voice to Marilyn just a little bit more about her book. Um, Since she's joining us here, we've got video, we don't have audio. So I'm going to let you tell a little bit of background about Marilyn's book as well. And it's award winning um, stuff as well. We still can't hear you. Still can't hear you. I'm so sorry, Marilyn. I don't know how to fix it. If I did, I would so help you. Okay. Mom, give voice to the voiceless. You can do this. That's right. <laughs> okay. Um, well, first of all, I want to clear up one thing. Um, I am excellent friends with longtime friends with Mickey Goodman. And that's how we got connected with Vince. I fell in love with Vince's book. Sadly, I have to say that we did not publish Vince's book. Um, but we've worked uh, with Mickey just because we're complete. I'm mean, completely in love with his memoir um, to try to help get it out there. And um, I Vince, missed that oh, memoir. Yes, I know. Uh, I like to say that word. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh, all we about got away from the hard R on that one early on. We're gonna start <laughs> off memoir. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, I hope Vince is going to tell you about the award that he won in a few minutes. So I'm not going to steal his thunder. Um, I wanted to mention with Paradise Road at the National um, Indie Book Excellence Awards, um, Marilyn just cleaned up. Uh, her book won for uh, the Grand Grand Award for Best Nonfiction. Um, and in the memoir category, which was just amazing and super exciting. We're very proud. Um, The book was also a finalist in the new adult um, nonfiction category. Um, And it was also a finalist for best book cover out of all the nonfiction books that were entered into that contest, all of them. So we were just absolutely thrilled. Um, Marilyn's book is, memoirs is one of my, it's my favorite genre. And I have to say that her book is one of my my top five all-time favorite memoirs. Um, It's passionate and moving and, you feel she's the type of writer where you feel like you are right there along with her. And sometimes you're screaming at her, don't do it. Don't go there. <laughs> and um, Other times your, your heart is breaking with hers. It's just, it's just a stunning piece of work. Um, 
just uh, let me just read uh, the summary because it's really good on the back of the book. A restless child of the 1960s, Marilyn yearns for love, hippiedom, and escape from her mother's control. At 14, she runs nearly a thousand miles away to Vancouver, British Columbia, eventually landing herself in a Catholic home for troubled girls. At 16, she's emancipated, navigating adulthood without a high school diploma and craving a soulmate. When she falls in love with Jack, the grad student living next door, life finally seems perfect. The two embark on a cross-continental bicycle trip headed for South America. But before they reach Mexico, tragedy strikes. Utterly shattered, Marilyn does the hardest thing she can imagine, a solo bicycle trip, part tribute, part life test. She conquers her fear, fear, fears but goes wildly off course, chasing her heart as she falls into a series of tragic comic rebounds. Two itinerant years later, a chain of events in Montana's Bitterroot Mountains leads to a piece she never expected to find. And one of the reasons I love this cover so much is that that's Marilyn when she was about, I think, 20, 20 or 22, 22, um, as she was on this bicycle trip. Um, so it's just, and um, I'm working right now with her on her follow-up memoir, which is called um, The Box Must Be Empty. Um, and it's about overcoming grief, dealing with long-term grief. So it's, and again, it's, it's just absolutely fabulous. So I love that story. I really do. And Marilyn, clearly a lot of other people are falling in love with it and it's getting the recognition it deserves. Um, we talked about the cover a little bit and how beautiful that cover is. And it is just as amazing on the inside of that book as it is on the outside. So congratulations on all of those honors that you have received for such a personal and moving story. And I know that it is definitely something special when you can create a memoir that has all of those elements of any great story that you're trying to tell. And, and that is truly a gift to be able to do that. And so I love that, that you guys are recognizing that publishing it, getting it out there and that the awards are rolling in for such a great, great piece of writing. So congratulations, Marilyn. And Vince, you want to tell us about your award? I know that uh, you and Mickey teaming up to get your story out there. And I have had, I've, I've had the privilege of, of speaking with all of these folks before and each one of them fascinating in their own right. And we, we could talk for hours just with each of you. Um, Vince, your story is, is such an interesting one and such a, a, a really, I mean, all of these stories are, are just fascinating and interesting. And and Vince, you are quite the personality. <laughs> so well, you know. It's always fun talking to Vince. <laughs> so tell us a little Gregory, bit. Gregory about you that. Was, that, was that a choke, Gregory, or a sneeze? We're like, shut <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, it's not. I muted myself for a second, so you'll never know. That's right. Never know. Damn it. I'll never know. <laughs> so, Vince, tell us about this award. How did it come about? Mickey, go ahead, darling. You're, you're you <laughs> right. jumping in my lap, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, because we're working with Lucid, Lucid um, submitted the award, uh, the um, our application for the award, 
and um, we won the um, uh, uh, finalist award in the LGBT category. And uh, we were just thrilled about it. It was just an awesome honor, I think, to have been named in that category. And um, that, you know, hopefully will boost all the books that have won awards um, to the next level. Right. Just, just Mickey had to be gay for about a year, that's all. That was, that right, yeah. <laughs> 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 So vicariously as a ghostwriter, you've taken that role on as well. <laughs> and I love that we have such interesting dynamics here too. I mean, we have a father and son that are a co-writing team, and we have a ghostwriter. And you know, and and of course, ghostwriting and memoir is such an interesting process as well. And so being able to tell someone else's story, even though you know it is it's Vince's words, it's crafting it all together in a way that not not only is is something wonderful for the readers to read, but you've got to get Vince's story right for Vince too. I mean, that's kind of the first thing, right? Is is there something intimidating about that, Mickey? When you know you're telling somebody else's story for them, I mean, is it kind of like you hand it off to Vince and go, "Is it okay?" I mean, I don't know that I could do that for someone else. I would be so nervous; I wouldn't get it right. <laughs> we are somewhat of the odd couple, which I think Vince <laughs> would agree with. <laughs> I'm in Atlanta, and he's in uh, California. And most of the, uh, except for two sessions that we had here in Atlanta, uh, everything we did was over the phone and kind of back and forth for it. But um, Vince has such a strong voice that it wasn't that hard, I don't think, for me to capture it. It just kind of, just had you a just keep, listen just had a and you laugh and you cry and, right. and um, he just has such a good story to tell. So, no, it was total pleasure. She's got to keep up because I talk so fast. It was like, Rather yeah. Russell name, but that was kind of the, when that was kind of the, I don't know if you guys all I'm sure you all know that movie. Maybe Connor doesn't because he's too young, but everybody else probably does. You know, it's yeah. like trying to it's slow down, down, slow down, time out. That, <laughs> what? And that didn't really and that that didn't really happen. There's no way it really happened. Like, yeah, unfortunately I did. I think that's another interesting thing too, is is understanding when you're looking at a memoir about what what really is part of someone's life and knowing that so many people have gone through so many unbelievable things in Maryland, of course, that applies to, to your story as well. There's something very raw about telling that part of yourself and part of your story and, and sharing that with so many people. That takes a lot of courage, a lot of courage to do and to get that out there. And so when works that require that much courage to put out are getting awards, I mean, that that is, is truly of, of a validation of your story, the story you have to tell and what you went through, I think as well, because the, the writing is spectacular, but without the story, then you know, there's, there's still something missing. And right. so being able to share those parts of yourself and those things that, that perhaps were difficult to, to put right. into writing, to get out there into the world. I mean, did you think about, you know, the fact that so many people are going to read this and did you feel yourself wanting to hold back, but needing to push forward on some of the stories that you wanted to tell? Yeah. I mean, I decided if I was going to do it, I was going to be totally, totally transparent. And that was, uh, I, I kind of told the story before, but you know, I was in therapy for like 30 years since 10 years old to about 33 years old. I'm 47 right now. And this book took me about 10 years to write. Cause I was, I was dictating it. And again, I didn't, I can't, like I already learned this ability you can imagine. So I couldn't actually write it myself. Um, and when I, I was in a therapist's office at 33 years old, the same one I went through for 10 years at that point, And I was halfway through a session. 
about 20 minutes in actually. And I was like, I just, in the middle of the session, I was like, you know what? I, she's like, what's wrong? I go, I cannot hear myself talk for one more second. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done unpacking this. I just can't. I've been talking about the same thing for 30 years. I'm just, I'm done. And I walked out and I said, I thanked her so much for all her time. And I started dictating my book to myself that, that, that day. So I really became therapy. So I really told my story to, to Nikki um, over the final five years of it. And the first five years of me kind of putting it together and, and trying to make it. When, I, when Mickey got the um, the story that I that we dictated, it was just like, a, I mean, it was like, go you know, jump page, you know, the book, remember, you jump, page, jump forward to page seven, come back to page two, go to chapter 35, come back to chapter 31. And those kind of fun books. So she had to piece it all together. And I, I had to kind of retell her the whole story again. So this, this is a book is fully Mickey's credit because she made it into a beautiful flowing story. But yeah, you know, I, I, again, she was able to listen to everything I had to say and use my own words. I don't know how, because I don't know how she kept up with me. Um, and actually make it in you know, my own voice, but, but, but make it actually legible and readable and stomachable. Which was important. Stomachable. So, That's a new word. We're going to add that to the, to the vernacular. It's stomachable. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. And Again, memoir is such a personal thing. So I am I'm so glad that you are, are getting the recognition for such amazing work, uh, whether it was written by your own hand, Marilyn, or whether you had Mickey's guidance and your words. And so what a tremendous, tremendous um, recognition for all of those experiences as well as the work. Now, Gregory, you um, had some success at Chanticleer. So this is pretty awesome. So tell us about all of that. Yeah, so um, I just last weekend was the uh, Chanticleer International Book Awards, which is a pretty big contest. It's here in Washington State where I live, but it's uh, um, entries are from all over the world. And uh, A Season of Lights won the sum, the Grand Prize in the Somerset Awards, which is the category for contemporary and literary fiction. And uh, it was just uh, really such an honor and um there were some, you know, fantastic authors in in that category. So I was, you know, was, um, you know, surprised. I I suppose. I mean, I I believed in my work, so you know, su- surprised, but not in a in a way. Um, but very, um, very honored and humbled. And um, you know, it's nice to just get the, um, you know, get the added recognition that winning an award award gets because i mean ultimately my goal with this book is just to have as many people read it and love it as possible so hopefully this will lead to that and i think that it might especially given the fact that your schedule has filled up considerably since <laughs> we got out about the chanticleer Awards. so this is is a very it's an interesting book i love that it's told in three acts and it's it's very kind of close to home with you as well i mean you're a dancer and yeah. That's you've poured, even though it's not a memoir, you've poured a lot of your own personal experiences and knowledge of that into this book as well. How did how how did you decide what you wanted to put into it? Great question. And you know, at, when you're writing a novel, you can you can put personal things in there, and nobody will completely know which is uh, your experience and which ones you're making up. So you can you know hide behind it a little bit, but still. Mm-hmm some of your own experiences and I definitely did that with this book because I wanted to show give the reader sort of what I like to call a glimpse behind the curtain into the theater world and specifically the small theater world you know the um the back alley 
small little stages off Broadway that, you know, nobody knows are there, but where fantastically talented people who just haven't been discovered are, you know, working to, so, and I've danced in a lot of, you know, those small little shows and the, just the camaraderie of the performers backstage is something I really wanted to convey with this book. And so some of that was very personal and even a few, a, a few of the little uh, stories between the characters are things that I've experienced in my own performance career. And I think that that, I mean, as somebody who has a background in theater myself, I love the behind the scenes looks at the theater world, especially when you're looking at something that's a major production and there's so much that goes into it, whether it's, you know, everything from costumes to the sound and lights, to the scenery, to all of the folks backstage and, and those relationships that develop over the course of a show. Sometimes those relationships endure. You continue to be friends with those people, go on and do shows with them. Sometimes that show is all you have with those folks and they all go on to do different things. Um, but the dynamics of that backstage experience is, is a very fascinating world to explore. It's, it is its own world in many, many ways. And it's, it's very self-contained in what the people do, how they interact with each other. And, and what a great thing to to bring into just your own personal knowledge of that. I think any time that you can bring that personal experience in, even if it's hiding among the fiction, it makes for such a great, great story. It adds so much depth to it. And when you have people who are familiar with it and they're reading this story, then it speaks to them as well. It starts to stir up those, those their own experiences and their own memories of doing those same things. And it makes it a very special story here. And you know, we, we have so much that, you know, we've missed over the last year, you know, with being able to go to live performances and things like that. I think maybe your book has kind of given that back to people in a way, just being able to see things through, through fiction, through novel writing, where they can't go see the theater. And uh, the other side of that was how, when I first started writing the book, I, I didn't know of course, what was going to happen with with COVID and the shutdown of Broadway and everything. And when I then rewrote the ending to incorporate that, it it became a much more, you know, that, that backstage look became much more poignant because yeah. it um, then showed how the effect of the shutdown of Broadway affected these characters. And mm-hmm. in some ways... Uh, in some cases put careers on hold in some cases ended careers and that's the reality for that for that industry and um i've had a few a few friends who are, who are you know in that business read it and it's you know they both loved it and it was hard you know to, yeah. it's um it became a much more perhaps serious book than i intended when i first began writing it I think it's got some poignancy because of that as well, though. And, you know, we, we all know people who have suffered in some way from that, that shutdown. And it seems like things were really, really hard on, on the arts. And I know, you know I live outside of Nashville 
And so, you know, the music industry here and everything kind of grinding to a halt and, and what, you know, musicians that were used to touring and, you know, just even, even just the, the road crews that were used to going out with the musicians. I mean, it, it had such a trickle down effect. It's not just the big names that are not appearing anymore. It's all of the people that make those performances and those, those venues work um, that were impacted and affected by it. And so I think that, that this look at the theater and you know, Broadway in New York has, has just repercussions and ripples that you can feel through all sorts of different artistic industries as well. And, and all of those people that were impacted by it, not necessarily the people that you're going to see on stage, but also all of the people behind the scenes as well. And so it's, it's a great book. The timing is perfect for something like that. And I'm thrilled that it has gotten the recognition that it deserves because it most certainly does deserve everything and all of the attention that it's getting. So well done. Thank well you. done and congratulations on that. Now, Connor, I know you said earlier that you're just going to hang back and then listen to everybody else, but you're an award-winning poet in your own right. And so, I mean, you've, Awards are not new to you. <laughs> I know you were you were being so gracious earlier about all of that, but you've got you guys have your your own your own horns to toot. I guess for a little, you know, just go ahead and brag on yourselves just a little bit. So tell us about some of the things, the successes that you've had. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, you know, so when we first kind of set out to write Spellbound, I, I, I do want to say one thing really quick. Um, one of the things that I love, it's, it's actually, I'll make this really fast. It's about, um, Vince's book. So there's a couple things. I don't rush. Say don't rush. Man, don't rush. And please find it to Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's funny because one of the first things that I noticed when, so I, I read it, I read it before it was obviously a, fully published book and everything in its final form. And there were two big things that stood out. One uh, credit to Mickey's writing was the fact that it, it was clearly, I mean, she, she channeled Vince's voice so well that it really made me fall in love with her writing style. Um, Cause it was my first time reading one of her books and Mickey for me is a top, 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 top elite writer. Uh, it's the only yeah. thing I've ever <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mickey is an elite. We're going to get that. We're going to get that put on business cards for you, Mickey. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's I'm number one. That. That's number one. Um, number two, one of the things that I love about the book is well one you fall in love with Vince right but the other thing about it is most of us try to um try to sort of bonsai our life right like we we want to make sure that everything is trimmed and neat and that all the you know the the pretty moments are the things that are presented but the reality is for most of us we've made lots of mistakes and it's the reality has been a lot messier um than what's presented and we've done neurotic things and we've had our weird moments and our, but we, we don't necessarily share those. Things. And it's kind of an injustice to all of us when we don't, because the reality is, you know, it, it's, it's more interesting to see how people recover from things and how yes, sort of yes. the, uh, you know, 
we find that a lot of the supposed quirkiness is almost a lot more um, shared, a shared experience. Uh, and a lot of the, a lot of the sort of underrated struggles that we go through are more frequent than people would expect. If, if more people have the same kind of we'll use the word vulnerability, um, just graciousness to share humility to share, you know, it really is a, I'm terrible with expressions, so if I if I'm not even I've actually never used no holds bar. Is that what they say? Yeah, no holds barred. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always I always get these expressions wrong, but um, but it, it's well, definitely it's a, it's a wrestling expression, isn't it? Like no holds barred. I, I don't know. know. Or, so you, I, you kept, I don't know. I've never really thought about but yes. it. But, yeah, but <laughs> you got it though. There's nothing know, about it. and it's really it's a it's a lot more fair to people because it. Yeah, it just lets people know that they're not alone, which is one of the most beautiful things about books. Um, so that's a couple of things I want to say about that. Um, as far as Spellbound. We'll, we'll demo you later. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I think as far as Spellbound is concerned, um, I think one of the really cool things about Spellbound was obviously writing it with my dad. Um, and that's obviously also been the really great thing about book two. And, and to go along with that is how involved my mom has been with book two. She's been putting in a tremendous amount of work on her own as well. Um, that's, that's helping shape the book up as well. So I just, I think how basically they've sort of become family projects, um, has been really, really nice because we, you know, there's been no ego to things. It's just been about putting in the making the best possible stories that we can. And so we all brought something very different to the table. My dad's brought a tremendous amount of um, confidence to the plot and a tremendous amount of confidence to streamlining the stories and, and allows me to be a lot more confident in the plot. And your story is only going to get as far as your plot and subsequently your characters. You can have all the pretty descriptors that you want, um, and you can have all the flowery language that you want. But if you're not really telling a story, story, then it'll fall flat. We we have that. Um, that's number one. Uh, number two, my mom's been doing a, a tremendous amount of editing and refining, and so that's been really, really huge, especially in book two. Um, especially in book two. And I would say as far as the, the poetry shout out, thank you very much for that. Um, uh, for the poetry kind of element of it and just sort of trying to keep things lyrical and keep them flowing. Um, some big influences, because I think it's also important to, um, for people to, to, to understand how good it is to be influenced. Um, I would say, it's, it's, this may sound a bit funny, but a lot of the, um, the sort of Spanish language surrealist poets um, so even though it's it's fantasy, that's where a lot of the background comes from with the writing. But it may not be that obvious because again, the context is fantasy. But so like mm -hmm. Octavio Paz, um, Pablo Neruda, um, Federico Yorca, Yorca, sorry, you know, again, not not Spanish, nor do I really speak it. So <laughs> <laughs> the mispronunciations, but. Those are three very, very, very big influences. And then there are a whole bunch of others. Um, but so I'm, I'm trying to, as best as I can, let that inform the flow and the style. Um, so that's, that's a quick, 
quick rundown and kind of where things are coming from. Dad, I'd like to kind of turn it over to you if that's okay. That's great. What are we turning over? Um, <laughs> the story ran out after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, you know, just honored to be here and, you know, very thankful. I mean, I guess what, what got us here is our, um, for us, what we won for was our beautiful cover design done by John J. Pearson. And um, Connor found John J. on Instagram. You know, it's just interesting that we we wrote our book with Connor living in Lebanon and me in Atlanta, Georgia. And then as we started talking about what should be on the cover, Connor was started sending me looks from different artists. And Connor had found John J. Pearson, who lives in Leeds, England. And I just think this is another sign of the way things get done in the world today. Yes. You know, is that, look, you know, we're all over the country, all over the world for the show today. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just a, it's a wonderful thing. But anyway, Connor found John Jay on Instagram. He read the book and he got interested in it. And he did a beautiful cover for us. And he's done. Yeah. We already have a cover for book two ready. Also. Really? Um, yeah. I'm excited to see that one. This thing's coming along faster than faster than you think. I'm, you know, I'm happy with it. Mm -hmm. And we're going back, you know, book two is finished now, but we're just going back through and put some edits on it and tying it tighter to book one and then using it as a launch for book three so that it's really awesome. that has that feel of the series there. Um, I don't know, Connor. I'm I think the, the fact that you were able to do that across, you know, oceans is truly a testament to to just the the passion of telling the story and being able to do that you know like you said connor with with no egos involved this was a family project it wasn't you know rife with tension and everybody wanting creative control it's it's like you each found the the area of storytelling and creating this this book that that worked for you. That was your niche. And you, you gave each other permission to kind of hone in on that. And that I think is one of the things that has made that come together as spectacularly as it did is, is being able to acknowledge that skill set in each other and, and respect that skill set in one another and to be able to do that. And, you know, Connor, just like you said, you know, you're, you're the poet, the words come to you, that, that imagery and all of that, but being able to, to understand that without your dad's focus on the plot and kind of keeping that tight that, you know, all of those, all of the poetry. And it's, I always, I love to write my, my descriptions and my books are very imagery driven. And I always say, I like to write prose as if it was poetry because I am terrible at poetry. And <laughs> so this is how I do it. Um, that, that's how I managed to get my poetry in. But I always have to go back and say, you know, is, is this actually something that is advancing the plot? Am I, am I, developing something here that's worth doing or am I just having fun with words and being able to then have echoes input as well and keeping that kind of edited together so that it's it's coming together so seamlessly is is a powerful combination for something really great and then to have just to, to have access to somebody in a whole other country to do the cover work for you, which is of course award-winning cover work. So we, you know, want to hang on to that guy over there in Leeds, you know, 
thanks for hanging out. You know, he's, he's great. And what a great find that you have found. And then to be able to say, you know, Hey, this is the guy for us. This is what we need. And for all of you to come together on that decision, because I can't even imagine, you know, even if it was just me making a decision on a cover, I wouldn't hem and haw about it forever and ever and ever. But to have to actually have that discussion with other people and everybody coming together to agree, yes, this is what we want. Um, that, that's a tremendous accomplishment to be able I to think, do that. I think one of the big things um, as well with it was just, you know, you hear a lot about co-authors and, and you see it all the time in nonfiction, but it's not as common in fantasy, mm-hmm. um, which is not as common. And so before we really got deep into the story, I, I was not sure because I, I'd been obsessed with trying to uh, write fantasy and science fiction and creative writing since I was like 16. That's kind of what got me really started writing was, um, well, first reading The Great Gatsby, but then, um, but then really my version of it was also being a big Lord of the Rings fan was trying to world build and trying to create something kind of very large. But, um, and Stephen King talks about this. He talks about how novel writing can be a quagmire for young writers and everything. Um, and why it's, he kind of advocates starting off with short stories. And Mm -hmm. once you get deep in it, you understand why I'm glad I didn't. And I, I think everyone really needs to go on their own writing journey and needs to just needs to hit walls and needs to bash their head in them a bit. And needs to be um, messy. I think being messy and experimenting is really important. But um, one of the interesting things about it, and I would say this to anyone that's looking to collaborate in various genres, is that you could easily feel like collaborating, especially in fiction, is going to feel like it's less yours. And that's what I, I kind of thought. I was I was wanting to do it just because, you know, I know my dad has a skill set. I know that, you know, he's one of my best friends, right? And oh, so to me it made sense just to try it out and see, you know, see how it felt. And we're um bomb by my cat. <laughs> I think that's a great thing. <laughs> but it didn't feel at all less mine, and I know he doesn't feel like it's less his. It, it it just doesn't, it's, you know, once you get in it, you just start, it just doesn't matter. You want the best story you can have. You want the best book that you, that you can have. And, um, and so, yeah, so it's just, it's interesting because it doesn't feel any less yours. I would just say that if anyone's thinking about collaborating with someone else in fantasy or anything like that, um, you know, and we do have, we, we do have different um, ideas and things like that, you know, so there will be some, science fiction stuff that I'll be doing. He's got his, his own ideas and things that he's going to be doing. So there'll be a bunch of kind of different projects that we'll be doing. And we have, we have different styles, different tastes, but mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I, I, I love the fact that when you get done, you don't feel that it's any less years. That was the one thing that surprised me about it. So. Um, and I think the, that's, that's a valid point. I think a lot of people may think that, that if you're sharing yeah. the, the writing, is it any less, you know, one person's or the others? And yeah, you feel I like think you struck a great balance. Am I less skilled? Right? But, but no, nah, cause you'll, you'll end up, you, if you're confident in what you're doing and your side of things, um, then, you know, and, and I, 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 I tell right now, it's like, you know, we each could have finished a book separately. And could have been a, a B-level book, you know, but 
I know for a fact that neither of us would have written an A or A plus level book without, without sort of, um, cause okay. If, if you're able to write full time, that's all you're able to do. It's a little different, right? If, if that's what you're able to do full time, cause you can put a certain level of focus into it. But when, when you're in sort of the, um, this dilemma of, you know, and I was talking about that being versus becoming right. Mm-hmm. Where you're sort of having to tightrope on that yeah. a bit. Um, and you're, you're in the real world, then you're having to make money. <laughs> then, then, uh, you, you have to at times lean on each other, you know? And so, um, just, just proud of that. But anyways. And it's great to have that. Even if you're writing your own novel by yourself, having that support system is fantastic along the way. And then it gives you lots of people to cheer with you when and celebrate when you win awards for the things that you've done. <laughs> so being able to talk to all of you this evening has been an absolute joy for me. I do want you to let folks know where they can find you. So where can folks find you guys online? Uh, where do you hang out? Um, Instagram. I know, uh, Vince, you've got a cosmetics line, skincare line. Uh, I want you to let people know about that as well. It's not just your book, but you've got, you know, a lot that you're, that is tied to the book. So all of the lessons that you have learned have become a thriving skincare company to the stars, no less. We're, we're working on it. We're working. We're trying to get there. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, but your packaging is gorgeous. Oh, <laughs> it's still, <nice>. love. <laughs> I mean, one that looks like caviar in the jar it's just like oh my gosh yeah. it is look, just how, look, how, look how good looking she's using it she's 107 and she looked up look like <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> we love <laughs> you <laughs> not way over 77 exactly <laughs> oh, i love it so Garrett's, we know that you guys are, I mean, everybody's with Lucid House Publishing. And so, and then of course, Vince, we will talk about where they can get yours as well. So, you know, Amazon, of course, but where can folks find you to connect with you personally? Uh, um, so Instagram is uh, at Connor Judson Garrett. So C-O-N-N-O-R-J-U-D-S-O-N-G-A-R-R-E-T-T. Um, Facebook's Facebook's into uh, and and you know email as well um, and you know if, if anyone's looking to uh, if, you know we don't we don't just publish anything but if you have a really really good book um, and you know and, and well let me be careful with that if you have a good book that fits us right because someone could have a good book that it may just not be for us right yeah, you know absolutely it's, it's subjective right so it may be for mm-hmm. someone else. But if you have a good book that we like, contact at lucidhousepublishing.com um, is a good way to reach us. Or lucidhousepublishing at gmail.com is a good way to reach us. Awesome. Mickey, what about you? Um, on Facebook, um, Mickey Goodman, um, uh, at Mickey Goodman on, um, on Instagram. And I, I don't twit. I don't like Twitter very much. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Twitter is screaming into the void. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I tag posts. Yeah, you know, I think things get pushed yeah. to to Twitter. But I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I'm not all that active on non Twitter for sure. Um, let's see. And I've got um, Marilyn is here. Um, Marilyn Crate.com is her author website. She's on Facebook as well. Um, and so check her out there. Um, let's see. I just, I just added my middle name to my screen name so that if okay. you. 
uh, can see it. You can see the interesting spelling of my middle name. So uh, my website is GregoryEricPhillips.com. Facebook, Gregory Eric Phillips. Instagram, Gregory Eric Phillips, just all spelled out. Um, and would love to connect. Absolutely. Miss, where are you? Where can we find you? Actually, everything is my name. So Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, it's all just Vince Spinato, V-I-N-C-E, Spinato, S-P-I, double N-A-T-O. And also I have a VinceSpinato.com website. And actually everything is driven through there. My documentary, the book, the product line. So that's all. That's kind of the main spot you probably want to start. Excellent. Kevin, I know you're not a Facebooker necessarily. I'm on, I'm on Facebook there, Nolan Nash. You, can find me you are. Facebook. It's just not really your jam as much, is it? Not, <laughs> your photography, Kevin. out there. Where yeah, can I mean, people find your photography too? And for those of you, we didn't really talk about, we talked about Connor's um, poetry, but we did not really get into your photography, which is stunning work. You do a beautiful photography. Thank you. Um, yeah, my, my day jobs as an advertising and editorial photographer, I shoot uh, travel campaigns and uh, lifestyle ads. And then I also do um, um, one of actually, I want to, I want to shout out uh, one thing here. One guy that we didn't talk about tonight was uh, Troy King, the designer of Gregory's oh, book cover. Good, good. He also did Paradise Road. And, and Vince, Mickey, did did Troy do your book also? No. And, um, um, book Logics did ours. Oh, yeah, also, also, Jeffrey Owens' dad. Um, we forgot to mention him. Jeffrey Owens uh, was, a, was an important reader on Gregory's book as well. Um, and I would, I would shout him out. Uh, because he, he he took a very active interest and, and wanted to give some good feedback as well. So I think that's always important is your early readers. Absolutely. And, and while, while we're on the subject of my cover, and yes, Troy King did a beautiful job, but the photo of the dancer was taken by Kevin. Yeah. Oh, wow. I did not know that. I've heard a lot of stories about all of these books coming together, but I did not realize that. That's kind, awesome. kind of pieces of it. But anyway, Troy and I are working on a book of uh, fine art flowers. Uh, be out, I guess, within the next year. We're, we're close to being done with the design on that. But um, yeah, my, my website is my name, kevingarrett.com. Um, I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Garrett Photo. Um, and that's check it out yeah guys he's got right. some gorgeous work on there and i am nolan nash at nolanash.com or nolan nash at nolan nash frights on instagram and twitter even though i don't put there much <laughs> i love that nikki i'm gonna tease that <laughs> so i am out there in the world if you want to connect with me as well like please go check out the amazing work and amazing award-winning work from Lucid House Publishing, um, available in so many different places. Trust me, folks, you want to get your hands on these books. They are incredible. And I would like to thank each and every one of you so very much for joining me tonight for Writer's Showcase. It has been a joy to see your faces once again. So thank you very much. And Thanks. congratulations. And to all of our viewers, we will see you soon. Congrats, everybody. Thanks for having yeah. us. Thank, Thank you, Nola. Bye again. Bye-bye now.